What's the the act of using a pendulum called? Dousing. It's not pendulate. I'm Doza. I'm Anthony. I'm Anna. And I'm Doza. And this is the Hauntsville <laughs> Cryptcast. See, that's, uh, that's all it takes for an intro. Yeah, all four of us. <laughs> <laughs> Budgets are so interesting to me when it comes to films. And like, Vinny and I just watched all of the Saw movies and how they watched made... Watched a major budget increase. The first couple, they spent like an absurd amount of money. Ten million dollars is absurd to me, but like when it comes to making movies, it's not that bad. But like they yeah, were making you in the hundreds. Consider what they got out of exactly. the first one. I don't like, understand. where did that money go? Didn't go to lighting. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime you think of like a fake name for somebody, like when Nacido became your dad, he was Macklemore. John, John Macklemore. <laughs> we were looking up Rambo before. I don't remember why. Oh, because he's the mascot of a farm. Oh yeah, or is- something. There's the, the competition for Long Island's best whatever, uh, and one of the mascots was Rambo. No more information, some sort of farm. just Rambo. <laughs> I don't know anything about this, so I was looking it up, and I was like, I wonder if it's Rambo from the Rambo franchise. And I was like, is his name Rambo? Does he have a first name? And Anthony said, yeah, like John, John Rambo. Rambo. Just being himself. I was like, I think that's, that's right. That's Rambo's name, yeah. John Rambo, first of all, bad name, <laughs> but also is the name of our boy. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad about that. <laughs> Me uh, too. This is why I don't like action movies. So if you haven't guessed from this nonsense, we're talking about Halloween today. So since we're talking about Halloween today, I think in the spirit of the season, we should open our Halloween crackers. Which uh, is a thing that exists. In England. In the United here. States. Nope. Yes. They, well, they obviously exist here because we got them here. So. <laughs> this is you the first time I've ever seen them. them. Because it's usually Christmas crackers. Do you want to explain Christmas crackers? Explain them for all of the Anthony's out there. Okay, Christmas crackers, which you should know already, are like cardboard tubes with like little explodey bangy things inside. You like pull each end and then it pops open and. It peaks our sound levels. (laughs) And then you have like a little hat and a little joke. And usually a little prize in it, but these ones don't have prizes in them. Did it say on the box, no prizes? <laughs> no, we already opened one. Without <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, you're supposed to cross your... Wait, I don't have anyone to cross on. So oh, we'll sit in the okay. little... Yeah, we, yeah, we're going to make a triangle, and we're going to open our Halloween crackers. But which okay. one is assigned to us? Which The one that you... The one that you get the most of is supposed to be the one assigned to you, but we'll just make sure okay. everyone gets one. So okay. it's like a Halloween wishbone. Yeah. yeah. On Christmas. Okay. Do we count down? Yeah. Yeah. Three, Three two, two, one. one. Oh, we all got one. <laughs> Good. Don't <laughs> scare you. I, that activated my fight or flight response, and I my butthole is so tight right now. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, they have little hats and a little joke. They do. Holy right. boats. I'm starting that little joke, which is... Why are ghosts so bad at lying? Why? Wait, hang on. I, I don't know. Oh, I got the same joke. Because you can see right through them. That's two jokes. <laughs> and I got a black hat. I got a black hat too. I got a purple hat. It's my favorite color. We just color. got the same cracker, basically. That doesn't Were they usually both orange? happen. 
Yeah, they yes. are. Okay, that, that's the new gender binary, orange and black Halloween <laughs> cracker. I am an orange cracker with a black crown. And a ghost joke. <laughs> and a ghost joke. This is a joke from the movie Jurassic Park, which I don't know they wrote for the movie, but it was definitely in it. What do you call a blind dinosaur? Do you think you saw us? Wow, that's incredible. I can't believe you got it. <laughs> it's all hyphenated, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm mad about this. Okay, so they're not the best crackers. But... I love them as a Halloween tradition. Yeah. My joke wasn't even Halloween themed. <laughs> Dinosaurs are scary. Well, we can make our own ones. Oh, uh... We're going to put this on hold. Anthony, what is your Halloween joke? What? Yeah, give us a Halloween joke. Oh. To make up for the fact okay, that Okay, so when Anna and I were out yesterday, oh, yeah. we found these little Halloween Are you doing a little routine? Right, let's no, hear no, your no. Tide 5. I'm just not my Tide 5. <laughs> it's so bad. I just have a joke from a book that I picked up in a store yesterday. What do werewolves eat at a fancy restaurant? Some sort of meat, probably. You're close. Please. You're not supposed to guess a joke. You're just the waiters. Yay. <laughs> hey, guys, how do werewolves greet each other? I don't know how. Like how that. you doing? <laughs> how? This segment is canceled. Yes, jokes by Anthony. <laughs> well, jokes from your, your book. I didn't buy the book, obviously, because it was bad. <laughs> it wasn't. Oh, I laugh at everything. I'm not allowed to be a judge of jokes. Those is our resident comedian, so leave the funny well, making I love to him. Everything, so if that helps, I'll that's just the to, exactly like, kind of person I want to have around me at all okay. times. So I, mean, I laugh at everything that he does. I'm not that funny. Takes, that takes a lot. No, you're just you're <laughs> endearing and bad. <laughs> Hi, I'm Anthony, and I'm grease and slime. And here we are back at Halloween. Yeah, there's a lot to think about here. Uh, needless to say, spoilers ahead. Um, yeah, I feel like that's just the nature of, of this. Yeah. But like, mm. if, if you're a person that's listening to this podcast and you haven't seen Halloween 1 or the new one, then what the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess if, if you came here to say like, hey, these guys are talking about Halloween. I want to see if I will enjoy it. If we're talking about it, you're going to like it. Just fucking go spend the $14 and see a film. That's not entirely true because we are going to talk about some films that you're not going to like. But... No, yeah, I the, love the every movie I've ever seen. not like, <laughs> Yeah, because it, it's absolutely yeah. excellent. It's John's And Scarlet if you don't Pinter. like it, then don't, don't listen to anything. Then don't. <laughs> just <laughs> if you don't like it, then in don't. the dark and think about what you've done. Um, but yeah, I agree. We should definitely open up with the newest one because we all just saw that uh, opening we? night. Uh, yeah, actually, Doza came in halfway through. Did you watch the rest of it? I never got a chance to, so I'm, I'm excited. Okay. Oof. Unpack this for me. <laughs> we'll talk about the beginning of it then. Yes. Well, it starts with a nice fuck you to Rob Zombie, which everyone should enjoy. For those of you listening who haven't watched the original Halloween, but maybe know of the remake that happened in 2007... Rob Zombie remade Halloween. It was dark. It was gritty. It's kind of it fun. It's kind of bad. They filled in a lot of blanks from the first film uh, that aren't necessarily important to have filled in. Which is why they were left blank in the first place. Yep. But um, obviously the remake wasn't really well received by those of us who actually really enjoy like Halloween <laughs> and horror. 
I like the 2007, the, but outside reason. of. <laughs> well, those and I are in the same wavelength there. The 2007 is fun, I but it's it. not. It's not a good addition to the Halloween franchise. Yeah, if, if, like, but then if, the second Halloween film that Rob Zombie did, just you can't, you can't enjoy that. You, you can't. Like you just can't. It's, it's, <laughs> I, I get it. I mean. I don't think it was. What well, what what didn't didn't you like about that? The it was one? insulting. <gasps> it was insulting to John Carpenter to think that you can like make your. Own... I used to be like in love with Rob Zombie when I was growing up. I, I loved his music. I loved like Devil's Rejects and House of Thousand Corpses. And you know, bed with his comic books. Um, I was a complete Rob Zombie apologist for the longest time. <laughs> um, even things I didn't so much enjoy of his, I was like, oh, I have to like it because it's Rob Zombie and he knows his shit. And then the first Halloween came along and I thought, well, this sucked, but it's Rob Zombie. I'm going to forgive him. And then the second one came along. I went home, cried, wrote him a breakup letter. And, uh, yeah. Like an honest-to-goodness breakup letter. Yeah, I actually wrote a breakup letter. It's three pages long, and I sent it to him. <laughs> like, From England to America. You I put it in the post and you... Him. I should have put it on social media. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, I was very upset. Did he respond? I also sold my Halloween figures from his movies. Oh. Yeah, and that's the first time I sold merchandise. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Zombie's Halloween opens with... Michael Myers' family in a very tense environment and everything is just loud and aggressive and uh, gritty. It's gritty. So for that being the most recent series of films in the Halloween franchise, the newest film, which happens 40 years after the first film, opens with a scene with a very wholesome family in a very loving environment. Um... And it's almost like shot for shot a parallel of how Rob Zombie opened his Halloween. They say some sort of comment, which is like... Oh, okay. I may have looked too deeply into this, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. (laughs) In Rob Zombie's Halloween, he opens with Michael Myers killing his pet rat, um, just to show that he's an unwell child. And in the opening of this, there is this wholesome family setting up rat traps you got to take care of the pest problem, which in this case seems to have been Rob Zombie. They're yeah. setting out these rat traps, and the father says, you shit under my sink, I'll kill your whole family. And for me, that was like a nice nod to Rob Zombie. Like, please don't shit under my sink, or I'll kill your whole family. Your <laughs> franchise doesn't exist in our universe. Yeah. You tell him, John. <laughs> I feel fake. I have to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> you got that halfway through. Was it even halfway? Um, um, no. It was like the last half hour. Yeah. Hell yeah. The important stuff. But you got there. I did. But the important thing about the new film is, I'm going to say that it claims to be 40 years after the first film. And I'm only saying claims because there are some things that tie into some of the other films that we'll talk about as we move forward. Jamie Lee Curtis is the quintessential final girl of the first Halloween film. Uh, she's a protagonist, she makes it out alive, she's a total badass. And so 40 years later, we have her arc of having grown up with this trauma of surviving the attacks of Michael Myers in the first film and just becoming this 
reclusive, still badass grandmother on a Halloween night where Michael Myers happens to break free. Well, he's been transferring between mental institutions again. So obviously Laurie's like, well, this is exactly how he escaped the first time. So... Is this her same daughter from the previous films? No. No. So in Halloween 4? Yeah. Return of Michael Myers, they claim that Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Laurie Strode, had a child named Jamie who kind of goes through the whole arc of Laurie's whole situation where she's being stalked by Michael because she's a descendant of Laurie. But this is why... This one is 40 years after the first one. None of that counts. Yeah. So this is so this is Halloween 2? Yeah. This is no, the... Well... Yeah. This is yeah, the new Halloween 2. Yeah. Okay. So um, it so, disregards all the others. Yes. It's he, a different daughter. Got it. He dies the same way in Halloween 2 as this one, yeah? Burns? Yes. But Halloween 2 doesn't exist in this world. Because in this world, we open up and they say, um, they kind of have this little banter between Lori's granddaughter and her group of friends who are a total parallel of Lori and her friends from the first film. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about the Halloween murders. And they specifically mention that Michael Myers killed five people that night. Now, that completely disregards Halloween 2. Because in Halloween 2, he kills a shit ton more people. And it's the same night. So, according to that, none of that exists. They also make another nod because there's this big debate as to whether or not Lori and Michael are related. related. And so, Lori's granddaughter pipes up and says it's just a rumor that people say to sympathize with Michael. But they're not actually related. According to this universe, they're not actually related, which completely discounts Halloween 2. Onwards, potentially. Well, yeah. Because, I mean, Jamie calls him uncle. So here's another thing I want to talk about. In Halloween 4, Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter, Jamie, refers to Michael Myers as uncle. But in the new Halloween film, the one that takes place supposedly 40 years after the first one, Jamie Lee Curtis says she was married twice. The daughter that we meet and the granddaughter that we meet are from her second marriage. Realistically potentially Jamie could still exist in the universe from the first yeah, marriage. Yeah, but they also say that they're not related. Unless yes. this is a new marriage and a new kid and Laurie was like, I don't want them to know that they're related. Yeah, she's trying to distance herself from that yeah. because of her history of being stalked by this guy, yeah? Yeah. But it is still all-consuming of her entire life. She lives in a barricaded home in the middle of nowhere She's obviously well known for being involved in these murders. Yeah. They but definitely that's just... play up the trauma a lot more in this one, like sort of seeing the consequences of what it's done to Laurie after the first film. Which I really liked because it, it, to me, felt like a really realistic portrayal of how someone would have to live out the rest of their lives yeah. surviving something like that. Exactly. Which, again, is for me why this makes so much sense to be directly 40 years after the first film. In this, he... He's been locked up since the events of the first film? Since the first mm-hmm. film. Oh, so this is his first outing. And yeah, he goes, is, okay, right yeah. for him. Okay. This is the first time that he's been transferred institutions since the first time that Got he it. escaped. 
Um, so when he's transferring in this one, Laurie's waiting outside in the car with a gun to try and make sure that nothing happens. But then that's not when he escapes. Then things it's go a little bit. It's, it's further yeah. down the line. Oh. So as it moves forward, we have Michael Myers being transported. Laurie has to take comfort in feeling like the transportation went well. She goes back to meet up with her family who's reluctant to see her because she is the crazy grandmother and they don't want this Michael Myers shit in their house. Um, Has she been a recluse, like, or distant from them? Yeah, her daughter completely disassociated herself from her because she was taken away from her by Child Protective Services. Yeah, so she basically screwed up her daughter's relationship with her because she was just training her to fight and nothing else, basically. Um, But that paid off in the film yeah in, in the part of the film that i did see yeah she was incredible yeah she's like no i can't do it bang yeah there was this nice trifecta of all three of the female leads in this film being total badasses mm-hmm. which is so important and in yeah film. yeah so like when they told the granddaughter to run and she was just like no screw this i'm gonna help i was reading something earlier today also this is like the new Halloween film had one of the highest opening weekends for a horror film. It had one of the highest opening weekends for a female-led film. One of the highest opening weekends for a female-led film over 50. It's just, it's making strides in just being a great film and crushing it. Good, I, I need that. I'm tired of men in movie, <laughs> in, in like men in media. Like every comic that I'm reading right now, it's strong female leads. Give me, give me women doing shit, getting stuff done, because I'm so tired of muscle men saving the day. I'm tired of the John Rambo's of the world. <laughs> That's one of the things that I personally love about horror, though. It's always, almost always, the strong female lead. That's why we have final girls. But you don't have final boys. Halloween started that kind of. I'm trying to think of something before Halloween where the whole final girl and the whole screen queen and the whole like female protagonist type thing happened. Who happened first, Laurie or Nancy? Halloween or Nightmare on Elm Street? Halloween was first because that was 1978 and first Nightmare on Elm Street was, I want to say, 81. Texas Chainsaw Massacre? She's not a strong female lead. She's not a strong female lead. But she's Um, a final girl. Yeah. First nightmare? 84. Ah, okay. Yeah, so fuck you. Hey, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. 74. Was that 74? Yeah. Okay. Or 78. (laughs) It's even number. (laughs) I still think Halloween did, you know, a better job with the final girl thing. I think that's kind of down to Deborah Hill's writing in that basically John Carpenter's girlfriend Deborah Hill co-wrote Halloween with him and originally it was the babysitter murderers that was because Deborah Hill used to be a babysitter and she always thought of these horror stories of someone coming to get her while she was babysitting so she wrote most of the parts for the females in the film so I don't know how much she had to do with making Laurie so awesome Uh, I'm sure a lot I mean girls writing girls write girls best Yeah. yeah I didn't know this, but the first Halloween is an independent film. Yeah, because there's two investors that just... Yeah, they were... They just... Wanted to make a horror film, didn't they? Yeah, they picked yeah. it up, and John's Carpenter was like, 
Yeah, I got something for you. I don't know. I don't know what he sounds like. <laughs> Not <Is> it... that. <laughs> what, what does he sound like? He's like he's very mellow. Oh, it's very New York gangster. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want horror? I got horror. Written by Martin Scorsese. <laughs> I'd love to see. Oh, uh, Martin a Halloween Scorsese. By Scorsese. Halloween would be amazing. Why can we have that instead of the Rob Zombie uh... ones? Because I mean, I get it. Rob Zombie's was. Shit. And I know no, you're gonna disagree <laughs> with me here, but Rob Zombie right? was meant to be a love letter to the original. I get it, yeah. But and like, I'll, I'll give you every credit for the second one being astastic, but the first one is exactly the first Halloween film. All he did was make it grittier, darker, and add too it's much. Not he exactly said too the much. Same though, is it? It was Rob Zombie again being like, I want all of my friends to be included, even if it makes no sense. And I want my wife to be really, really important. And that was the thing in the second one as well. She died in the first one and he brought her back as a ghost in like the the stupidest way I've ever seen because he was just like, My wife's gonna kill me if I don't put her in every single thing that I make in the world. So he just put her in there, even though it makes no sense to the movie. And that's just what he does. He's just, that's his ego think that but he can do whatever he wants. It's a guy that loves his wife. Yeah. I'm with <sighs> Doza on this one. Nah. But also, I get it. I get it for the second one. It's only because no one else will hire her, so. I get it for the second one. For the first one, though, yes, she was important. She was the mother. But she wasn't so important that it hindered anything else within the film she had her moment and then she killed herself and then that was it to be fair i love seeing sid haig in anything oh yeah sid so haig to see and him Bill as Moses the groundskeeper be in everything. was like, sid haig in the halloweens yeah he, no only in the rob zombie one that's what that's what yeah. i'm saying yeah where he, he was the groundskeeper in the oh. cemetery I, it took me such a moment i was like that's that's Sid Haig. I love that. I'm dude. all about and, this. Yeah, Sid Haig and Bill Mosley should be in just everything. I'm, I'm fine with was that. Was Bill Mosley in... Bill Mosley was in the original Halloween, but Rob Zombie cut him. Okay. <sighs> yeah. Which sucks. Yeah. Because love that, he man. was supposed to be a cop. I think. Or like a sheriff. Something along the authoritative line. <laughs> but yeah, he got cut from the original one. That's a bummer. Yeah. Do love me some Sid Haig, though. Yeah. I will watch him in anything. Just a big old cool guy. They're like the Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen of horror. They really are. I love those two. Yeah. I just started following them on Instagram, and I know you've been following them Mm -hmm. for a while, but like, any uh, Sid Haig and Bill Mosley. Oh, Sid Haig, not doing great. No, no, he he is. Is Is he? Yeah, he spoke out about it. He's just lost weight and he was super proud of himself but then oh, he put up a thing and was like i'm not dying i'm oh not ill <laughs> everyone needs to stop saying this is the last time they're gonna see me and everyone keeps asking him if he's okay and he's like i just lost weight guys like be proud of me yeah so yeah now i feel a lot better i'm glad you're doing well sig because uh, <laughs> he is listening <laughs> that would be awesome. I wouldn't put it past him though. Like no, him, him and, and Bill, Bill they're like, so about the independent horror scene, and there's so much about the fans as well. Like at conventions, they just go up to people and just talk to them and oh, just good. Yeah, I mean that's why they do every convention together. Basically, yeah. like their Instagrams are just filled with buddy pics that's and their the... little road trips together. I love that. Are they like best friends? <laughs> I think so. Their families hang out. That's so cute. I'm gonna yeah. cry. We're talking about Halloween. 
Sorry, yeah, we, we, we got we, derailed we by yeah. our love for Sid, Sid Hagen Mosley. Because well, I see Sid in horror sweethearts in everything. <laughs> he popped up in something that I was watching like in the middle of the night the other day, and I had that exact moment where I was like, "That's Sid Hagen right there." It was also from the seventies, and he also, I have no idea how old he is. Was it when he had hair? He had hair just like but around the sides of his head. Oh uh, right, uh, I've seen a movie where he had hair, like just hair. Ooh. And I can't remember what film it the was. The Forbidden Film. Oh, for, Forbidden <laughs> Planet, I think, was the name of the movie that I saw oh, with him Blood. in it. It's a great film. Sid Haig is in Forbidden Planet. Oh, wait. No, I keep that's getting... too old for Sid Haig to be in the I original. keep getting Forbidden Planet and Forbidden Zone confused. That's my own problem. I'm gonna fucking blow your fucking mind right now. Oh, wait, no. That's the wrong one. It's something Forbidden like Planet, that. Forbidden Planet, like the really old sci-fi? No, not the sci-fi I was gonna one. say, Sid I'm gonna look this up. Hang on. I want to meet these dudes yeah, so too. bad. Like, they always say never meet your heroes. But, like, I feel like these guys wouldn't disappoint. Oh, I found it. It Wait. is called Galaxy of Terror. Oh. Did you know Sid Haig is 79? No. He's old. He doesn't look 79 at all. Because this movie came out I'm in... not just saying this in case he's listening. I actually, <laughs> I actually don't think he looks that He's going to be, oh, that girl was flattering. <laughs> I better go visit them. This movie came out in 81. He looked like... He was, like, in his mid-40s, or what? I can't even do the math right now. He looked old in this movie, but, like, how old is he now? But Sid Haig was in this, uh, and as was Robert England. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. I so want to meet Robert England. He 71. seems like a nice guy. He does. He... <laughs> Which is a weird thing, I guess, to say about some guy that started a movie where he was killing people professionally. Yeah. Have you seen the Freddy Krueger rap? No. It's at the end of one of the Freddy Krueger films. No. It's like one of the Nightmare on Elm Street films. Like, at the end of the credits, he does a rap. And there's, like, a music video and everything with, like, him and his little, like, boiler room. Thank you. And it's a little, like, music video of him rapping. Like one of the ones from the 90s, right? Oh, Jesus. from the 90s, yeah. That's oh. all of the 90s. So Halloween was yeah. the first movie in the Halloween franchise, written by John Carpenter and his girlfriend, uh, Deborah Hill. Also produced by, she uh, has the producer credit. Mm-hmm. And this was, what, John Carpenter's, I think, like, third film ever? I did Assault on Precinct 13 and Escape from New York by then, I think. Am I right? Yep. Because I think Michael Myers was named after one of the producers on Escape from New York. I believe so. Well, actually, no, look at that. Escape from New York, 1981. Oh. Trey Interessant. Maybe I was wrong about that then. Dark Star Bane film. I'm just like on, on John Carpenter's Wikipedia page right uh, now, just like absorbing. He's so cool. Yeah, he is. That took me only like 10 days to do the. Screenplay. screenplay that drives me nuts i know <laughs> uh when you know horror you know horror and he's the master of horror for a reason he just yeah. has the the shine that's the thing though like he's beyond horror he's blended every genre so well yeah like there's a little something of everything in almost every john carpenter film especially like halloween you've got the action you've got the suspense you've got the thrill there's, for lack of a better word, love interests. There's a little something of everything in it. And if we are going to delve deep into your rabbit hole, Doza, 
he throws sci-fi and horror together in the Halloween <clears throat> franchise. I can't even talk about that anymore. My brain's going to explode. It's also pr- wrong. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your theory is wrong. But... Well, it wasn't my theory. Somebody who was like had mentioned it, and I was like, oh, maybe... There, I think there was an article about the fairy of Michael Myers being Yeah, I got mad. Anthony was, like, scrolling through before, and I was like, oh, Cracked wrote an article about it, so yeah. I was like, oh, it can't be true. But, I mean, they use things like in, um, in Resurrection, where they, were, like, had a picture of him lying down with the... The goo. The goo coming from his eyes, and they were like, see, he would be bleeding, but then but it's that's because the... they'd injected him with that green stuff. Not even they. Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. <laughs> Paul Rudd appreciation. Paul Rudd, that looks exactly the same. Only thing to be appreciated about that film. Oh, I thought you were going to say Paul Rudd, and we were (laughs) about to have a problem. (laughs) Paul Rudd is a national treasure. Yeah. For all nations. Everyone loves Paul Rudd. John Carpenter, after absorbing all this information about him, he pretty much did everything on on the first Halloween. That that amazes me because like. These are kind of the things that you see where bigger production companies have teams of people dedicated to, to certain things. But he he wrote the the Halloween theme that is the that the iconic. iconic. Yeah. It's and he acted like it was nothing as well because like there's an interview on a history of horror with Mark Gattis because that's the only history of horror that should matter. <laughs> and he was just he was like, oh, how did you come up with the score? And he was just like, oh, I was just messing around on like the keyboard and I was just like, oh, this sounds all right. We'll use that. You just made something so iconic and, like, haunting. And, I uh, I just think it's incredible, even just that little tiny. That's the thing. Bit. Like, John Carpenter has become such a staple, specifically for the horror genre, but, like, realistically, let's give him credit across the board in filmmaking. And music. And music, absolutely. But yeah. um, when you think about how far horror has come, we all look back on Halloween, and it's it's iconic. It's a staple. We watch it seasonally. We watch mm-hmm. it. You watch it on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah. um, but I mean, it's it's an incredible film that had just the smallest team of people working on it. It was largely an independent film. Now, when you see how much horror as a genre has evolved, and the Halloween franchise has evolved, the budget for the new Halloween film. And the amount of people who worked on that film, mm. I can't imagine being John Carpenter having made the first film and realizing like how far it's come and how much people yeah. love it to the point that here we are again revisiting it with so much money and so much manpower behind it. Even as a film, the new one, surprisingly low budget. What was it? They're saying between 10 and 15 million. And for a... Uh, a movie like Halloween coming out in 2018 with stars like uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Judy Greer mm-hmm. uh, playing her daughter. That's not a lot of money. Yeah, no. and absolutely. They made it really work. They they stretched that budget out and they made it back instantly. Mm. I mean, to be fair, also John Carpenter and Jamie Lee Curtis being executive producers on it, clearly doing it out of passion. Yeah. They seem like the kind of people who will shell whatever they need to into it to make it a reality. I mean, they both did it the first time, too. Yeah. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis has done a lot of films outside of Halloween, but she always comes back to Halloween. Like, it's what she talks about on her social media all the time, and she, like, goes and visits, like, the set still, just at 
out of like wanting to be there. She's so cute. I know. She's adorable. I love her. Yeah. Anthony always forgets as we were talking about it earlier. I think she has a legacy of being a scream queen with her mother starring in the original Psycho. Yeah, um, that's true. I, I forgot and about I that. completely forgot about that, and we just talked about it. We, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool to me. John Carpenter picked her up as, did you sort of an homage to her mother? And so it was like, oh, let's see what you got. Like, your mom was incredible with the the original quote unquote yeah. screen queen and and here we are 40 years later and jamie lee curtis still in the halloween franchise still killing it literally <laughs> boo does she have a daughter jamie lee curtis yeah she does what i believe she's gonna do it'd be cool if they just kept it like a family tradition oh my god i'd love if that. we ever make a film we have to hunt her down and ask her to be in our film I do want to talk about that in a separate podcast one day. The <laughs> difference between a scream queen and a final girl. Oh yeah, I was just thinking that actually. Um, Cause because her mother's definitely the original <clears throat> scream queen. Uh, or yeah, yeah, scream queen. Yeah, just not and, a yeah. final girl. Jamie Lee Curtis's final girl. I'll give you first final girl. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I, I want to do like a whole unpacking about. Uh, Final Girls and Scream Queens mm-hmm. and talk about my favorites. Um, yeah. Neve Campbell. Uh, best one. Best girl. Scream. No, no, I'm trying, oh. to, think. <laughs> I'm trying to think of someone better. I saw you process it. <laughs> oh, maybe I nailed it. We're going to have a big fight one day. Sydney Prescott versus Laurie Strode versus, I can't remember Nancy's last name. Are we going to address how... Um... Season of the Witch played into the new one. I if we're gonna discredit the android theory, yes, please. Then I don't think we'll talk about Season of the Witch. I have one hang up where Season of the Witch could still be relevant, but Anna, you've already refuted me on this one. There's a scene where one of the reporters shows up to Michael Myers with his original mask. And all he does is hold it out. Michael doesn't look at it. And all of the people in the asylum start going absolutely berserk. Crazier than they were already crazy. The dogs start barking and everything is very eerie. Now, for me, I go back to Silver Shamrock novelties and the fact that the masks were imbued with the power of Stonehenge. uh, And that's the entire plot of Halloween 3 Season of the Witch. So for me, I feel like maybe, just maybe, there's more to the mask than we're giving credit. We were talking about this the other day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Could that not just be they recognize Yeah, the that mask? was my argument. Yeah. Because, but that's mostly because I'm trying to make not a... Count I don't of want <laughs> Season I don't. I like Season of the Witch as a standalone As a standalone yeah, film, it, I've always liked great. Season of the Witch. If it wasn't part of the, the Halloween franchise. franchise, it'd be a great standalone film. Um... But I don't want it to be part of this new one. So when you said that, obviously, I just got in defense mode and was just like, uh, no, it's because they recognize the mask and the dogs are going crazy because the people are going crazy. And they're probably just going off each other. For me, though, for them to recognize the mask, Michael is institutionalized a state over. 
yeah, like four years ago, and some of them were younger. Yeah, so for me, not everyone could possibly recognize that. And for some of them, with what it appears that their mental capacity is, I don't know if they'd be able to recognize something like that. I don't know if they'd even know about it. To Anthony's credit, uh, I'll, I'll bridge the gap here between this and Halloween 3, but not in the realm of the masks. Uh, because in Halloween 3, Halloween 1 and 2, the films of the franchise, were films. If they made movies out of the actual murders Murders. and tragedies and people had seen those movies and they went into circulation, that's reasonable that they would have a reaction like that, seeing that in real life and seeing that guy, maybe... Because, like, people make movies out of tragedies, like, real quick. Yeah. Like, we have a million 9-11 movies. There was the Robert Pattinson one that was secretly about 9-11. Yep. And that was, what, 17 years ago? I guess, though, they might have just been trying to make a point of... How evil it is. How evil so is. Yeah. Because the thing is, like, that's why Michael Myers is such a good, like, villain. Because forgetting Rob Zombie's and backstory and quite a few of the sequels here... In the first one, he's a perfect killer because you don't know why he's doing what he's doing. He's pretty much shapeless because he's completely covered head to toe. All he is is a shape. And he's just meant to represent evil, which is why he's not meant to be able to die. So that's what I didn't like about the Rob Zombie ones is because they're trying to give humanity to someone who's... Yeah, made him a person. Yeah. Whereas he's just meant to be a physical manifestation of evil. And maybe that's what they were playing on with the mask. like. For me, though, that scene, if we're not giving any more power to the mask, is so out of place with the tone of the rest of the film. Yeah, definitely. I can't really weigh in. <laughs> well, when you see it, Doza, <laughs> pay attention to that uh, yeah. scene. There's two really annoying reporters. Who are doing a podcast. Yeah. Hey! I was about to say Did you have to do the finger guns to I did. In in an exclusively audio media format, there's now a visual component. (laughs) We're all sitting here wearing hats and... I'm wearing a hat on top of my hat. Drinking out of our little Halloween sippy cups. They're not sippy cups. We really should kind of turn this into a YouTube thing at some point. Oh, I'm definitely down to do some videos. People definitely want to see us. Oh, yeah, they're going to want to know. They're going to be like, oh, man. (laughs) What's that hot guy sound look like? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I can't even make my words. I'm drinking Gatorade out of a cat orb. I finished my skull full of water. <laughs> and I don't know where... Oh, it's over there. You can't get to the bottom of these cups, though. I know, it's impossible. I had to pop it open and slurp from the marrow from my cat. Ugh. That's not... Hey... That's you definitely broke vegan. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, we've addressed the original Halloween film and why it is an absolute masterpiece and certainly holds up to this day. We've addressed the fact that none of the other films in the franchise are canon to the new film, which happens forty years directly after the first film. We've established that the new film is yet another masterpiece and makes up for all of the films that happened in between then including rob zombies we've addressed rob zombies films we've addressed why we love sid haig and bill mosley um, and robert england and robert england 
God, I love Robert Englund. Yeah. He's another one who'll do anything for the indie exactly, franchise. Exactly, that's why I love him. I mean, Trailer Park of Terror. <laughs> so, I mean, we've definitely covered a lot of ground here. We've covered why Laurie Strode is such a phenomenal protagonist and how much having a character like that in such an unrecognized genre like horror has brought film as a whole forward. We recognized why Deborah Hill's contributions to Halloween make for such a strong female protagonist. As far as points moving forward, uh, do you guys want to talk about why Halloween as a franchise is a scary film? I think it's kind of explained in what I was saying about why Michael Myers is just such an awesome killer. Um, Yeah. It's just having this pure evil chasing after you and you know it was in broad daylight that he started you know stalking and ducking killing ducking behind the bushes and, yeah <laughs> if you want to call that ducking <laughs> I'm hidden I love that scene me too <laughs> <laughs> well that was John Carpenter's original intent he wanted mm-hmm. him to be unrelatable he wanted yeah. to make sure that people didn't see parts of themselves I mean the fact that like Deborah Hill wrote it about being a babysitter and her own like personal fears of what can go wrong i mean babysitting is something that still people do <laughs> walking around the street is something that people still do allegedly um, <laughs> um and also a lot of them get killed while they're having sex that's a thing that people do still um so yeah it's just trying to make it in any situation for no reason at all you can just be very brutally murdered that's something I wanted to bring up. Um, really murdering do, me? <laughs> I think about that. I get so <laughs> close a lot of the time, but then I have to. I do my deep breathing. I light a candle, and everything is okay again. <laughs> and then we do a podcast, and then you want to do it all over again. Oh boy! <laughs> Just the uh, the trope of sex kills. Mm-hmm. I read uh, an interview where John Carpenter commented on that. Yeah. I don't um, like this one, but go on. Is this where he said like that? It, like Laurie's supposed to be sexually frustrated, and that's why she's stabbing Michael Myers with like phallic symbols. It's not what I was gonna say, but okay, oh, go on. Because that was another John Carpenter interview that I read somewhere. That's that you could tell that he didn't he, write the women in this movie. That's yeah. the only reason that. Well, that that's the only saying, John Carpenter thing that like, I will say. I've ne- I, I don't want to hear it. Well, this is the thing. Like I, it, this was on the interwebs. And it was on a random site, so I don't know where the actual interview came from, so I don't actually know if he did say it or not. But they said that he had quoted that the reason why Laurie doesn't, isn't the final girl because she's a virgin is because she's so sexually frustrated that she has all this pent-up rage that she can use against him. And she chooses to use phallic symbols like the sewing needle and the knife and stuff against him out of that frustration. Now, I don't actually want to believe that John Carpenter said that because I. I think it's stupid. Yeah. I love you, John, but no. Sometimes sharp things could be a viable weapon. And plus a sewing needle? Does that really look phallic to anyone? That's pretty terrifying. Yeah, that'd be so weird. Yes. I think I have to go to the hospital. <laughs> Hey doc, something's wrong with my peeper. Please help. Yeah, I think that, that I think that might have been someone else misquoting John Carpenter. I hope. 
Fingers crossed. Um, because that's a really silly reason. Because what I think he may have actually said, which I'm now fingers crossed on my side, it was a discussion about the people that get killed while they're having sex aren't being killed because they're having sex. It's because they're busy and they're not paying attention. So you're focusing on that. And so you don't hear a silent killer sneak up behind you and then murder you. That makes sense. And Lori, single and a virgin in the film, isn't the final girl because she's a virgin. It's just because she doesn't have a romantic partner that she's involved with that is taking up her time and attention. So she's able to be more alert. See, I like that a lot better. So that yeah. makes that's what sense. she said. Yeah. I get that. Okay, so we'll, we're going to go with that one being yeah. true because Thank I think that John. sounds more like John Carpenter than the one that I read. But also, you know, kind of funny because him and Deborah Hill broke up afterwards. So maybe it was like him being like, being in a relationship sucks, guys. Get out of it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I hope not, because that'd be really mean. But. I know. I, I don't want to not love this man's. He's responsible for everything that I love in the world. <laughs> yeah. He, the yeah, thing he is my favorite movie wrong. of all time. The thing is perfect. It's my favorite film, and Kurt Russell's so hot in that movie. <laughs> that's that's another <laughs> episode in and of itself. It is the paragon of Lovecraftian horror. It perfectly blends sci-fi and horror. Oh, and the effects as well. Anything Beautiful. practical. I yeah, think every one of us is so on board over for anything else. I want to kiss all that practicality. We need to do a just a John Carpenter episode. Yeah, <laughs> clearly because we've <laughs> gone down the John Carpenter rabbit hole very deep. Yeah. So let's let's wrap up. Uh, in conclusion, Halloween fucking rules. Yeah, yeah. Happy Halloween, y'all. <laughs> the fear of the day is oikophobia. Oikophobia. O i k o p h o b i a, fear of Australians. Oink. Fear of pigs. Oink oink. Oink. <laughs> <laughs> I think this fear in particular fits very well with today's theme of Halloween and Michael Myers. Oikophobia is the fear of household objects and appliances. Ooh. So you get people who are like marrying household objects, and then you get people who are scared of them. Yeah. That's interesting. Why oik? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Country of origin. <laughs> no idea. Great. I'm going to give you guys a fear. You guess what the word means, and here we are. So Love it. We've now oik. learned that Michael Myers is probably oikophobic after his experience with Laurie Strode. Yeah, he doesn't like household objects. He smashes <laughs> quite a lot of them. And with that, that has been the Hauntsville Crypt Cast, episode one, Halloween, just in time for the Halloween season. I'm Anthony. I'm Doza. I'm Anna. Happy haunting. See you in hell.